I can neither confirm nor deny that any Pokemon are present on this podcast. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. You may delete as appropriate. My name is Chad Lemon, and it is a pleasure and honor to be back with you as the host of the Ministry Bits podcast here. It's been a while. I do know that, but uh, you might as well go ahead and think that every summer we're going to be taking a hiatus. But the summer is over. Um, if you're a youth minister, you know for sure that the summer is over. Unless you live somewhere weird like California or the Northeast, um, your schools start in like October. Uh, school starts here like at the end of July, which is like super weird because my kids are in school now and um, that's nuts. And so, uh, yeah, school starts like August 2nd or 3rd here and uh, school's back in session. So that means we're back in session and things have finally toned down from the summertime. We had a huge, 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 huge big campaign. Uh, we've got a bunch of videos up on our website, bigquestionscolumbia.com. Uh, you should go check that out. It may divert to graymere.com because I don't know if we're going to keep it up for another another year or so. It's about time to pay for it. But anyway, uh, had a lot of great speakers with that. It was a We called it our big campaign, Go Big or Go Home, and it was just a Really, really great. It was a VBS combined with a big questions, almost like a 12 questions kind of thing. And then um, we also had uh, some other stuff, like a local mission trip going on, which was super cool. So that's what took all of my time in June. And then July, I was gone about two or three weeks out of those um, four weeks in July. And then uh, come back in August, and it finally got uh, back to normal. And then my little son spent some time in the hospital. So yeah, I've had a couple of reasons for delays. Uh, my son is just fine. He's was dealing with some skin issues, and um, we we ironed those out hopefully, and we're all well on our way to uh, helping him out with that. But he's doing really really well. But thank you so much for all of you who know me personally and are praying for him. I really appreciate that. But as we said, the summer hiatus is over, and we'll return to a bi monthly schedule here in August. And so that means you can look forward to two episodes this month. One now and one at the end of the month. And um, September is approaching. That means new Apple products, uh, new different things happening on the Apple front. Uh, Some really cool stuff with iOS 10. We're going to talk about iOS 10 betas here uh, in the show, actually. Uh, And they have a public beta for that. And I'll tell you all about how, at least my opinion, on how I feel about that. But this show, this is our 50th episode. 50 episodes. And I never would have imagined we would have even got to 50 episodes uh, two years ago, three years ago when I started doing this podcast. And so I've just lost track of time and uh, it's been absolutely wonderful. And uh, this is 050, episode 050. I'm calling it your show because it is. Uh, we're just going to kind of jump into the questions. I get, let me preface this a little bit with, I get, it, there's not a day, or I say a day, there's not a week that goes by that I get a question um, most of them, I say most of them, probably a majority of them are, are simple to answer, um, because people just don't know. And I've, I've actually dealt with those things before, uh, and they're pretty simple stuff, but then there's those one question, it's at least a question a week that just absolutely stumps me. And, uh, I have to kind of go in and look at stuff and I really want to help people. That's what I got into ministry for is to help people. And I believe that's my gift and calling. And if I can't 
if I'm not going to help people uh, in certain ways, I'm going to help them in the ways that I can. And that's with uh, helping them out with technology. And so um, lots of people message me on Twitter, Facebook, and even I've had a question on Instagram before. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people get in touch with me a lot about uh, asking questions. And by the way, if you ever have any of those, I can't guarantee a timely response, uh, especially if you're going through Facebook Messenger. For some reason, I just don't check Facebook Messenger, but once every like 13 days, it's weird. But I will try my best uh, to get back with you. Email and um, email and Twitter are probably the best uh, ways to do that. I'm Chad Landman, C-H-A-D-L-A-N-D-M-A-N on Twitter. And you can email me, chad.landman at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer uh, or at least try to point you in the direction. I can't guarantee I'll answer it anyway. I'll try to point you in the direction of getting an answer to your question, to your tech question. Uh, so if you want to email me or uh, Twitter, uh, direct message me or uh, reply to me on a uh, public reply to me on there, I'd be more than happy to try to help you out. So uh, there's the open invitation right there for you. May we, we may have another question and answer show here uh, coming up here very soon if you jump on that. So the first question, though, I do want to talk about the first question. The first question comes from Chris Britt. And I do apologize to Chris Britt. I don't think I fully answered his question, but I hope to fully answer it here on the show. He asks this. He says, hey, I live across the street from the church building. Okay, now this could apply to any kind of church building, church setting that you have, because I'm going to talk about Wi-Fi here. But he, has, he says, I have Wi-Fi at my house, but we don't have it at the church. I got pretty, I've got a pretty stout wireless modem. Uh, and so most of the time, unless the weather is bad or something, I can pick up my Wi-Fi at the building. Uh, other spots in the church, sig- uh, church, the signal is too weak. Is there a Wi-Fi relay or a booster that I can buy and set up at the church building so I can pick up my home Wi-Fi and have it a normal signal anywhere in the church building? Uh, this is one of the problems, Chris, with Wi-Fi, wireless fidelity. It is um, not always consistent, uh, especially in an older building. I worked at the Church Street Church of Christ for nearly five years as their youth minister, and I loved it. It was wonderful. And I had an office that bordered the edge of an addition to the old building. The building was 180 years old. And there was many layers of lead paint under the regular paint that had been just covered up over the decades. And I could literally stand one foot inside my door and get zero internet signal from an enterprise class router hanging on the wall 20 feet down the hallway, okay? I take one step outside that door, and I get a full Wi-Fi signal. Wi-Fi is weird. Wi-Fi is hard. And if you try to cover your church building or cover a residence or cover a campus with uh, wireless um, internet, it is just incredibly problematic. And that's what all these cell phone carriers ran into uh, when, in the early days of cell phone when the, when the signals were not getting to places. And you still don't get good signals at places like in department stores like Target and different things like that. Um, you still have difficulty uh, with those signals in that way. So getting a signal consistently anywhere is very difficult. Just know that. So I answered Chris in, incorrectly. I said, yeah, you can pretty much uh, buy any router and put it what it's what's in called bridge mode. Well, it's actually not called bridge mode. Um, it'll take an internet signal from another router and basically extend it over another area. Pretty much every router does that. That was wrong. (laughs) That was completely wrong. And I do uh, apologize uh, to Chris. He actually asked a follow-up question, says, will a router come with instructions for how to do that? No, it will not. And let me tell you something. 
it is a hassle to put a wire wireless router into extend mode to extend a wireless network. Now, if you're working with Apple wireless routers, then it's a little bit simpler, but as far as extending a network using the same network, you're going to have a lot of problems. So, if your church building is wired for ethernet, all you've got to do is basically buy another router and plug it in, program it how you want and get your IT guy to plug, uh, program it with the passwords and usernames and the SSID number how you want. And then you'll have a basically blanket coverage. Now, that's a way to do it right there. But the way that I have been seeing that a lot of people, and, and a lot of people rave about this system, it's not cheap, but it's actually not a whole lot more expensive than it would be to uh, set up m- multiple really powerful wireless routers. And they're actually a lot cheaper than what some people call these enterprise class uh, wireless routers. The ones like with brands like Ubiquity uh, can run hundreds of dollars just for one router. And so I want to tell you about a a thing, and they're not a sponsor or anything like this, but uh, Eero, E-E-R-O. They're expensive little routers, and they're fantastic. They're extremely easy to set up. And I was I was skeptical of this. I've heard this uh, talked about on many other podcasts, and I, so I decided to go, f- you know, see it for myself. And I was able to see this demonstration in action. And Eero, you can find them out. Uh, you can find more about this at eero.com. What it does is it sets up what they call a mesh wireless network, and it's basically like throwing a blanket over your entire house with Wi-Fi. That's what it's doing. And the cool thing about Eero is that you don't have to have any of this complicated setup. You don't have to have any of this, uh, any, you don't have to have Ethernet wired in your house or your church building for that matter. For $500, you can get three of these and they're tiny little things. They're barely bigger uh, than a hockey puck. Um, they're tiny little white things and you basically plug in the first one to your internet service provider's modem or whatever it is that you have at your church building or at your home. And if you have a big home, you can get a package of two of these or a package of three of these, and it sets up this mesh network automatically. But what you do is you hook up the first one. It talks to the Internet. It does this, the, You set the, You use the app that comes with a built-in app um, that you can put on your smartphone, and it lets you set it up whatever SSID name you want or password you want or anything like that. And then you basically literally take the subsequent Eros, the two or three Eros, and you can add up to, like, I believe they said 10 you can add 10 for a wireless mesh network that just interconnects and covers and blankets your entire home in a really good in a really good way. And you plug these into the wall. They talk to the main router and they hook up and they cause a huge internet you know blanket around here. I keep saying that blanket term, but I want you to think of it as a giant blanket that's just draping over your church building or home. That's exactly what these things are doing. Uh, I've had a lot of people uh, say that it got a lot of people bigger houses say that they hooked up the system and it really just changed everything it they got wi-fi in places where they never got wi-fi signal in their house and so uh, that's pretty amazing that's eero.com eero uh, it's 500 bucks for three of them but i think you can get just one for like or two excuse me for 300 and um, that's not cheap but at the same time you're going to get fantastic wireless coverage and you're going to get it throughout your church building. And if you look at any kind of enterprise class, quote unquote, wireless routers that people try to sell you, uh, they're actually going to be a little bit more. So I would look at Eero uh, very, very much. 
So that is a, a little bit of questions about Wi-Fi. I don't have a I don't have a ton of knowledge about Wi-Fi. Um, I basically know how to mess it up, <laughs> but I really appreciate the question from Chris. Uh, kind of going on a little bit. I didn't exactly have questions about these. I did have one question from Ben Gieselbach. Uh, and then a couple of comments from Eric Gray and a couple of other people about Evernote. And Evernote is being super weird now. Uh, Evernote, if you're an Evernote user, you got a weird email saying that some of your device, you would be limited to like one device or two devices or something with the cheapest plan that they offer or the free plan that they offer when that you, there never used to be a limit on that. And now they want you to pay. They've doubled the price of their subscription. It used to be like $45 a year, and you got a pretty good value for that. You got it to do all the features for Evernote. You got unlimited storage. You got to put it on unlimited devices. They never had a device limit for anything. But they doubled the prices, and they didn't really add any kind of features. And so a lot of people, you can go find the articles. I'm not going to link to them or anything, but you can go find all the articles. Um and check it out and everything like that. But Evernote used to be such a great service and it's kind of just languished over time. And some people like Eric Gray still probably swear by it. In fact, he made a comment to me as I was discussing this with a bunch of other people. He said, you know, I've got 3,000 notes in Evernote. Hmm. (laughs) 3,000 notes in Evernote. Uh, Ben Gieselbach actually asked me about alternatives to Evernote, and we'll get into that here in just a second. Uh, And I don't want to talk about too much about app subscriptions. Text Expander just uh, did an app subscription kind of thing, and everybody's moving to the app subscriptions so they can make money on a constant basis from you. And I think if you find, you know, just a small little tidbit here, I think if you find value in that app and you use it a lot, like I do, I use Text Expander probably a dozen times a day, if not more, uh, I'm going to pay 40 bucks a year for them to have for for me to have new versions of text expander when they come out. I'm just going to do that. Uh I'm going to pay the uh 40 bucks or I'm sorry, 10 bucks a month for Photoshop. Um because I use Photoshop every other day in my job, uh creating graphics for the church and graphics for this very podcast and everything like that. I'm going to pay uh that money. Uh so, you know, it's if if you use it, then I would really pare it down, but you don't have to be subscribed to everything. Uh, I use Dropler uh, in on the recent OneWord project that we unveiled last week. Uh, I use Dropler to share very large files and have people uh, go download them instead of us Dropboxing them and sharing a link and then or e- trying to email it in portions or trying to share whatever. I was just drop it into my menu bar, boom, and I pay nine ninety nine a month for that, and it's amazing that we can do that. It's, it's actually bananas that we can do that now. So anyway, all these app subscriptions, getting back to Evernote, how would one, if you wanted to move away from Evernote, how would you do that? You come to me like Eric Gray and you say, man, I've got 3000 notes. I put all of my stuff in Evernote. What am I going to do? Well, let me tell you about an alternative that I did. That's a free alternative, especially if you have an iPhone, if you have, or if you have a Mac, Uh, even if you have a Mac, and you carry around an Android phone, or you have an iPad, then Apple Notes is actually a very, very good free alternative uh, for Evernote. Ben Gieselbach asked about alternatives, and that's the first one I'm going to throw out, is Apple Notes. And I know you're kind of crazy, and you're saying, Apple Notes is uh, really not that great, Chad. Well, they've changed a lot. And in uh, iOS 10, actually, 
they're going to let you collaborate with notes. And so you have uh, the new version of Mac OS X on your computer and you have uh, the new iOS 10 on your devices and you can collaborate on notes with that. Now, uh, I don't know exactly how that's going to work because I haven't ever tried it, but it looks very, very promising. But just the fact of that you have all these uh, really great tools that you can use in notes uh, that you can that you can search and you can search the text of all those different things. It'll pick out everything like that. It's really it's a really good alternative to Evernote. And the thing that I found, I found an iMore article. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. It's from iMore about how you can export all of your Evernote documents because Evernote has this weird ENEX format, kind of like the DocX format in Microsoft Word. They've got some Evernote proprietary format that they don't want you uh, basically moving away from it. Well, you can export all of your notes as an ENEX file, and then you can import all of those into Apple Notes just to have a backup. And so if you've got a Mac and uh, you don't even use Notes uh, and you haven't thought about using Notes, go ahead and back up your notes um, in, or at least download and export all of them from the file menu on your Mac on the Evernote app and then throw that file into Apple Notes and it will sync across all of your devices provided you have it hooked up properly to iCloud. So that's my alternative. I think my number one though, that I guess Apple Notes would be my number two alternative. Now my number one alternative, if I was restarting over, if I wasn't just a plain text junkie like I am, and I don't really have a lot of need for a lot of planning and graphs and pictures and things like that in my notes. Microsoft OneNote is where it's at. Microsoft OneNote has blown me away in the past year or two of what it can do. They support the iPad Pro uh, now. They they have pencil, Apple Pencil support. Uh, they're on every platform that you can imagine. They're on Android phones, Android tablets. They work fantastic on all of those. I have a tiny little Samsung tablet that I'm looking at right now with OneNote pulled up, and, it, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. They let you uh, divide them up into notes. You can have sub-notebooks. You can have all this stuff, and it syncs with OneDrive. So whatever storage, amount of storage you have on OneDrive, it's going to take from that, and it's just going to store all your pictures and graphs and notes and things, scribbles and everything like that that you have in there. You can put tables uh, from Excel into OneNote. If I was starting over, if I was going to college tomorrow, which my oddly enough, my 18-year-old brother-in-law is heading off to college, and I told him, if you want to take great notes and want to keep up with all of them and sync them to every single device that you can ever probably buy, start with OneNote. If I could start over today, I would start over with OneNote. And I think I've said that before, but Microsoft OneNote is just fantastic. And it just keeps getting better and better. And it keeps looking better and better too. And they keep, they, they're on top of it. They keep updating it. And it looks really, really great. So that's the demise of Evernote. Evernote is going to be dead. No, I'm just kidding. Evernote might stick around, uh, but if I think if they were going to change stuff, then they would have already done it. And I remember probably telling you probably six or 10 or 12 months ago that you better watch out because Evernote, I've, I've heard the, I've read the rumor mill. I've read the, the things that people are saying about Evernote and it doesn't look good at this point. Uh, Evernote very well may fold and they may go under and they may not be able to maintain profits and all these other different things. So I would just be wary of that and be wary of any kind of system. I think Microsoft is pretty safe because <laughs> Microsoft is huge. Uh, I think Apple is pretty safe because they're, you know, incredibly huge. Uh, but I would be wary of any kind of small company and putting all of my notes and documents into those things. 
I would be worried about that as well. So I'd be always have a backup for that. So anyway, enough about Evernote. Let's kind of move on to our next question. This is from Heather Shoemaker. She's actually a minister's wife here in Tennessee. She says, uh, I have a question. I'm looking up uh, into upgrading my iPad. I have a couple of questions. Number one, I tend to be clumsy. Is Apple Care Plus worth the cost if I need my iPad worked on because I dropped it or spilled something on it? Um, my answer to that is if you can afford Apple Care for any Apple device, always buy it. It's one of the only warranties that I can vouch for. Uh, you know, that I, I hardly would ever recommend an extended warranty, especially one that you would like buy at the register um, from like Best Buy or something. Although I did have a great experience with a small Android tablet that I bought from Walmart and they replaced it for free, which was pretty awesome. But um, Apple Care will face it. In fact, I had a run in with Apple Care when I took this job at Graymere. Uh, over a year ago, I got a new laptop, and uh, the guy that purchases the laptops here, one of our elders, he uh, made sure he says, "I get if you're gonna, I always get the warranty, so I'm gonna get Apple Care for your your laptop." And I was like, "Okay, great!" And they bought it, and it was great. Well, it turns out I had a bad logic board, and my computer started messing up on me, and so I took it in. They diagnosed it, sent it off to. Uh, a place in Memphis to be fixed. They replaced the entire logic board, which is basically like getting a brand new computer, and then sent it back to me within two days and no charge whatsoever, all because I bought a 200 and something dollar warranty when I bought my uh, $2,000 computer. Now, they'll do the same thing for you with iPads. Uh, if you uh, destroy it, if you leave it on the top of your car and, and drive off and it flies off in the middle of the highway, uh, and breaks into a, a million pieces, I, they will look at it. And because you got Apple Care, they will replace it because you paid for that warranty. And it's actually, for, for iOS devices, it's actually pretty cheap. You can get for the for the iWatch or iWatch, goodness, look at me. For the Apple Watch, you can actually get one for $49. For the iPad, you can get one for $99. And for um, the iPhone SE and iPhone 6 and below, you can get one for $99. And then for the iPhone 6S and above, you can actually get one for $129. You can actually buy that um, through the Apple Store, uh, and it gives you three years of coverage. Um, I wouldn't recommend every warranty for every Apple product, but you can do that. Now, she asks a second question here. She says, if I buy the iPad through another store, say Amazon, can I still buy Apple Care? on it through the Apple online? Does the 30 days after the purchase date include other stores? And in, in my experience and everything that I read, yes, it does. If it's a new device. Now, that doesn't obviously work for used iPads or anything like that. Now, if you buy from the used store, there's actually a used uh, second, not a second hand, but uh, I forget what they call it, a previously owned store on the Apple website. Uh, they actually have a, a guarantee with those. They actually come with a 30-day warranty to start off with. But you can actually purchase AppleCare through the Apple Store app on your phone or on the actual device after you get the iPad or iPhone or whatever device it is. Um, I'm, I think you have 90 days. Um, I think for some it's not it's 30 days, but I'm not real sure about that. So make sure to look that up. But yes, you buy it anywhere as long as it's new. All you'll have to have is the model number, serial number, and then uh, maybe even for the phone, you might have to have an additional number or two and what carrier you are using for the phone. 
But uh, then you can actually purchase AppleCare, and it's good for three years for that device. It's really, really great. If you can afford it, I would always recommend getting it, especially if you have kids. My goodness. <laughs> it's like a no-brainer if you have kids. <laughs> okay, so John Davis actually asked a couple of different questions on Twitter, and these would be the last ones that we cover here on this uh, episode. I'm sure there's more questions I could have answered, but I picked these out, and uh, maybe we'll have another Q&A uh, episode here pretty soon. But uh, email me if you like this. Uh, hit me up on Twitter if you really like this and if this helped you out a lot. John Davis on Twitter, he asked this. He says, are you still using ToDo, number two, D-O? It's the app, ToDo app. He says, do you still like it? How's it working for you on the Mac? The answer is no, John. No, and I'm ashamed because I really played up ToDo, and ToDo is fantastic. If you're using ToDo, um, it's actually really, really great. Um, but I just went back to what I was familiar with, and that was OmniFocus. Uh, I have I bought the OmniFocus app on the uh, Mac and for the iPad and iPhone, and those aren't cheap, and I decided that I was going to revisit my investment, and uh, I'm using OmniFocus now. OmniFocus has a lot of features that I don't need, but it's a lot like Photoshop. When I do need them, they're there. And when I don't need them, I don't necessarily have to use them at all. And so OmniFocus is where I want to go. To-Do is still a fantastic app. Um, the thing that I was worried about with To-Do, I really wanted to be able to use To-Do on my Android device. And they have not, to my knowledge, as of maybe 30 or 60 days ago, they have not updated uh, the Android version. It's still kind of this older style version. It's kind of weird. But um, that was one of the things that held me back. I looked into Todoist, and Todoist seemed uh, a little over simple uh, for me. So it seems like uh, I'm going to be sticking with OmniFocus because I found a a lot of new things for OmniFocus that I can use. And um, it's really, really, really great. And I just really can't rave enough about OmniFocus. And they continue to innovate, and I can't wait to see what they're going to be doing with some iOS 10 stuff. Uh, John also asked another question about short stock videos. He wanted to, he said, I was looking for some short stock videos uh, for our VBS and different things like that. Well, there's some places that I really like. Um, and uh, mo- the, the most obvious one is iStock Photo, and they actually have videos as well. And um, they're not cheap, um, but they're, they're really, really great. Um, obviously, um, there's YouTube stock footage that you can look at and YouTube stock music um, that you can actually download and look at. That's actually really pretty great stuff. They don't have a huge selection, but what they do have is pretty great. One I found that I really like for graphics, and especially if you're an After Effects kind of guy or if you're like a, a crazy you know, video effects kind of guy, uh, Motion Array, one word, Motion Array is actually really, really great. And um, the one that I found that I really like is for pictures is one that Jerry Barber told me about. It's called Pixabay, P-I-X-A-B-A-Y. And I signed up for an account on there, and I was kind of uh, thinking, uh, this is just one of those other janky, you know, photo, uh, stock photo websites that say they're free, but they're not really free. Well, they are. They're actually really free, and they're actually really great. And so uh, you sign up for an account, and uh, you can download uh, really high-res versions of some pictures. And actually, all the pictures that we used for the backgrounds in the One Word book that will be coming out in October, the One Word devotional book, are from Pixabay. 
And uh, I would highly, highly recommend Pixabay. It's a very, very good service and everything like that. So uh, motion array for video, YouTube stock footage for video, iStock photo for some videos. I think on motion array, if you sign up for an account and you pay, I think it's either $29 or $49 for one month, I think you get five downloads every month. And so very high res stuff, obviously high quality HD stuff. And then you can get even some 4K stuff if that's what you need. And so that's Motion Array. But Pixabay, completely free. And you can download uh, really super high res versions of those photos. And it's really, really great. So check that out. Thank you so much. Be sure to uh, check out the show notes as well. I'm going to have that link to um, setting up a wireless router and different things like that. Apple Care and to do and OmniFocus and different things like that. But thank you so much for your questions. If you have questions, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at Chad Landman, C-H-A-D-L-A-N-D-M-A-N, or you can hit me up at chad.landman at gmail.com, and that's the two best ways to get in touch with me. I cannot guarantee that I will get back to you on Facebook Messenger. It's just one of those ones that I really don't pay attention to a lot. And if you've messaged me on Facebook Messenger and I didn't message you back, I do apologize. So... Anyway, uh, summer's over. Thank you so much for listening. This has been show 050. You can find our show notes at chadl.co slash mbits slash 050. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making this your show. And this is your show. I get all the ideas from this show from you about things that you ask me about or things that are going on in ministry. And hopefully these ministry technology topics helped you out today. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please go out and have a blessed week.